Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. Today on the show is Creda Barra, who recently released her latest solo single, Treehouse, which I absolutely love. And she is, slash was, one third of Wyvern Lingo. They went on hiatus about a year ago, and since then, it seems like Quiva hasn't stopped once. She went on a scooter tour of Ireland last year, just her, a little old guitar and amp, and a scooter, of course. And she was off playing drums across Europe and the UK recently with Grammy-nominated artist Alison Russell. She came home, played a gig with Wallace Bird, and then the next day talked to me about things are going. Spoiler alert, if you hadn't guessed already, they're pretty busy. Creed Barrett released a debut EP, Thicket, at the end of summer 2022. We're listening to Messy Head off it right now. You can get it on Bandcamp and we'll hear Treehouse at the end of our chat. Treehouse is about the housing crisis, which Debarra says leaves her feeling trapped in a perpetual state of adolescence, where the concept of being a self-sufficient artist seems as lofty as building a dwelling up a tree. It's really letting my petulant inner child do the problem solving, she says. Her scooter tour starts at Frank's place in Wexford on July 13th. Note, that's where Saoirse from Wyvern Lingo is working at the moment. No coincidence, perhaps? Quiva then plays Imma's summer party in Dublin this weekend, July 15th, as part of Continuous Patterns Festival, which looks great. She's then scooting around to Dungarvan. She's in Cork playing Collins, Prim's Bookshop, Debarra's in Ahakista. And then she's going around to Kerry, Limerick, Clare, up to Donegal and finishing in the Fumbly in Dublin on August 18th. There might even be more dates as well as the month goes on. You can check her Instagram page for all the latest details. Coming up, we talk about Wyvern Lingo. We talk about going solo, scooters, living in Berlin, songwriting, and how Creed Barra likes her life to be as cartoonish as possible. We start off by chatting about her tour, playing drums with Alison Russell. Here's Creed Barra on The Point of Everything. Oh, 
So you just mentioned Alison Russell. You were just on tour, just finished on tour with her across the UK and Europe. How did you get that gig? I basically got that gig because I met her tour manager when I was playing drums with Wallace Bird last at the end of last year. And so he had seen me play with Wallace and uh, known that I was uh, an agreeable character at the very <laughs> least. So... So yeah, then he put me forward for this and yeah, it was definitely very intense three weeks traveling all around, mostly the UK, some Irish dates and then a couple of dates in Europe as well. Is that the first time that you've been kind of a proper gig musician, like kind of, you know, just hired for this kind of set of shows? Um, I suppose it is. It was definitely the first time I've gone into a group of people that I didn't I didn't know already. You know, like previously, let's say, you know, when when Hosier was taken off. I was doing back and vocal work with him. Um, but I already knew him, you know, he was a friend. So that was, it was all just kind of taking off. And and then the same with, with um, Wallace. I played drums at Wallace, but I knew her, you know, we're, we're, since I've moved to Berlin, we've become really good buddies. So this was the first time that I was like hired in to do something, yeah, where I didn't know anybody. So that was kind of, took a bit of getting used to, I think a bit of a, adjusting you kind of have to speed bond with people. Oh. You know, you kind of have to be like, I have all these questions. I need to know all these things about you so that we can like hurry up and have a friendship because, you know, you meet someone for the first time and then you're suddenly sharing a room with them for a few nights, you know, so it's... For a few weeks is all I'm A few weeks, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so it's kind of bizarre. You know, you go into it knowing I'm about to bond with strangers <laughs> and then I may never see them again or certainly not for a long time. So it was kind of, we only parted ways the day before yesterday and it was a bit, you Emotional. know... A bit emotional, a bit, yeah, very, very bizarre. But, um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately an amazing, an amazing experience. What was your last gig? We were in Copenhagen, and I'd never actually been there before. And it was this kind of boutique festival in the city in the daytime. And it was really nice. Is that kind of what you were hoping for, you know, when Wyvern Lingo, we might talk a little bit about Wyvern Lingo yeah. a little bit later on. Uh, is this what you were hoping for when you kind of went on hiatus. This is what you wanted to do. You wanted to play in other people's bands. You wanted to tour constantly around the place. Actually, no. Um, what I really wanted to do was uh, concentrate on, on my solo thing, on Queen Barra. But you keep saying yes to things. I know. It was, uh, I was telling you earlier, it's, yeah, it's my, it was my New Year's resolution this year to say no to things so I can just concentrate on one thing at a time. And actually, when I was asked about the Alison Russell thing, I hadn't heard of her. And I, I, my first instinct was no. And then the tour manager, Will, was like, um, <laughs> look at that again. And I did. And of course, she's an incredible artist and has been like nominated for several Grammys and has been on stage with Joni Mitchell more than once. And I was like, oh, I want to do this. This will be great. And it was. Um, I was watching her tiny desk. Yeah. It's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. 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 And there's, there's, she's got so much raw power and um, she really... She's got so much energy and um, optimism behind uh, so a lot of like kind of, you know, quite tough subjects, you know, like women's rights and, and um, you know, the problem of with people of colour and, and uh, you know, the, the just terrible bigotry and, and racism and, and all that rising in America right now. And um, so it's it was really inspiring for me to to feel energized behind those things because I think, you know, I can feel a bit browbeaten and kind of give up a little bit, but I actually think that's a kind of a privilege that I can do that. B- browbeaten in terms of the subject matter? Just just, yeah. just like, oh, it's just it's never going to change. And, you know, even, you know, let's say like misogyny, you're never going to beat that out of people and are just kind of trying almost 
bury my head about some subjects and I feel like I'm feeling much more in- inspired to to not do that and to to be kind of part of the solution and and at the very least be part of something that is at least reducing harm. I think that was kind of a helpful a helpful term for me to hear her say and 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 her her amazing people around her as well. No, just to be part part of the harm reduction even if it's not you like you can't stamp it out completely, you know. Is that just something that you picked up while you were like on the drums behind her listening to her every night or is it something that you're talking about as well on the tour bus to yeah, each it would be, city? Yeah, it would be very much part of the conversation and wow. part of the everyday like you 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 witness it in different ways and and you know, you meet new people from and and from different backgrounds and and you you get to talk about their experiences. Yeah, I mean, I like Alison is as I say like very like she's super uh vocal about the things that she she believes in and that she cares about and and that was a lot of the conversation that we would be having behind the scenes as well as on stage but no she fully embodies it wow uh, which is really cool yeah wow. so it sounds like this tour was important for you personally as yeah. well as musically and professionally yeah i think so i think so and also like even just her career is kind of it, it's it's she's on a, like an upwards trajectory and she's you know she calls herself a 44 year old soccer mom do you know like it's and it, it's such a it's it's a different uh, it's it's a different way than what I would have thought. Let's say in my twenties, I would have thought if I if it's not if I don't have it made by thirty, it's just never going to happen. And I think that's just a there is no one size fits all. There is no yes, maybe certainly if you want to be a particular kind of pop star, but I don't even think that's true either. Do you know? So there was just so many elements of it that was really great for me to be exposed to. I suppose you know. You guys played Glastonbury yeah. as well. How'd you get on? Does that, that one great. stand out? Yeah, that was deadly. It was bizarre because we were on at like 12 o'clock on the Friday. Morning or midnight? No, 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 daytime. Oh, okay. But it was on like a big stage, like it's called the acoustic stage. And um, and that was deadly. I mean, that was that was a real bucket list moment. I'd never, uh, I'd never even been to Glastonbury before. So it was really cool to see just how vast it all is. And we had a really great show. It's so funny though, because, you know, it's, it's such a... It's such a sought after gig, but you get like half an hour to set up on stage and it's like, go, go, go. It's the same with most festival gigs. It's always very stressful and <laughs> you feel like you're still trying to get your sound right for the first couple of songs and then the gig's basically over, you know, but we had a really good time. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really cool. Were you around for the weekend? Did you get to see much else? No, we were not. No? no we Straight didn't. back on the Straight tour bus and out? You're only allowed to keep the van around for so long. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, oh. we probably, we if we put in the effort, we could have, but to be honest, being on tour is very tiring so like we'd had about three hours sleep in order to like get from we were in oxford the night before and went to drive and get like yeah so everyone's just like ready for bed kind wow. of all the time <laughs> you're just always so you're finished at lunchtime finished <laughs> at lunchtime and basically <laughs> went back. yeah wow yeah. didn't see any other rounds of class no nope. wow nope walked <laughs> walked a few steps got a crep and left oh crap yeah 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 <laughs> Um, so that's interesting that you talk about touring because you're you've got a couple of weeks break and then you're yeah. back out on the scooter, yeah, and out touring for like another month all around Ireland, yeah. So I'm guessing it's something that you enjoy, no matter how hectic or stressful it gets. Yeah, I think I am maybe the best version of myself, and even you know when I'm when I'm a bit stressed, I think I like to have a few plates spinning, even though there's something kind of. There's something like I'm I'm punishing myself a little bit, but I I uh, I enjoy 
I suppose using using my like I don't know just being at a full capacity I think I just enjoy that do you know like even when I, on tour with Alison Russell I was they were slagging me because I was constantly on my laptop or like I brought my my guitar and my, my guitar and my amp on tour in my suitcase so that I could be like practicing in my room and stuff do you know and that's just kind of I think uh, that's just kind of important to me to be able to do that like I got home from tour two days ago yesterday at a gig with Wallace and then next Thursday which is like five days time this when the gig starts the tour starts so it's a bit it's you know a couple more days off would be kind of good but yeah. there's no time <laughs> well this isn't your first uh rodeo or scooter equivalent yeah. of a rodeo uh you did the scooter tour last year i'm guessing that you also learned some lessons there that maybe you're applying to this tour are you yes yes very much so this time i i've planned to take time off uh, I just, you know, there's 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 some nice breaks in between gigs because there's something really, um, I just really enjoy being on the scooter. I really enjoy, especially on the, the back roads in Ireland and stuff. I just, there's something really freeing feeling about it. And in a way that like, is just very different to being in a car. You feel, really feel like you're, you're in, in the, you're part of the scene in a way. And so it's nice to be able to take time with that and to not be in a rush or for the journeys not to last too long because I know that like wonderment only lasts so long. And then when you start to get cold, you really start stop having a good time. And, and then even like on logistical things, I've learned to like always sell tickets. <laughs> always sell tickets. Seems important for a band. Yeah, well, because I think <laughs> last year I was like, I'll just play and put out a hat and it'll be great. But I think you actually, you know, even if you've promoted the event, it's... it's um, it's important for people to feel like they've committed to it in some way, you know? So if they're like, I bought a ticket, I'm going to that thing, even if the ticket was free, you know? That it's just, you get a more, you kind of get a better gig experience because people are really engaged because they've come to this thing specifically, you know? Like last year I played in a windowsill in Dunleary, <laughs> which was kind of funny. It was kind of like I was busking. Uh, and I was like, this isn't it. It's nope. cool. It was fun for like a second. <laughs> but I was like, no, this isn't. This is not the buzz I'm after. But I mean, it's it's figuring all that out is kind of part of it for me as well. It seems like you're playing kind of more proper venues, sort of yeah. thing this time around. You're playing yeah. the likes of the bars in Clonakilty, and you're playing in Ennis Diamond as well in that place, which I've heard is amazing. Hot Duggins, I haven't been there yet, but I'm I'm very excited to check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was one of the things, like tickets, proper venues, proper venues, proper gigs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's slowly building. I think I, I'm kind of using the. I'm kind of using my situation to its full advantage, I suppose, because, you know, it's not something that I could have really done with Wyvern Lingo because, you know, we, maybe we could have, I don't know, but I feel like there's always so much, you, you need to be like kind of doing things in a way where it seems like there's a trajectory or you're at a certain level and you need to, you know, I don't know, and, and I'm not, not quite smoke and mirrors because it was like, you know, we would need to, we would play bigger venues generally and that's kind of, that's the general ideal growth of things um whereas for me now at this point I'm kind of starting from scratch so I kind of get to I get to do it in like a fun I'll like play like smaller venues around the place or play little cafes or bookshops and then like can slowly start building it up so I'm like I'm really enjoying that that aspect of it because I'm still kind of figuring out my sound at the same time so I feel like I can do that I can nurture that and then like get to play the small gigs that that feel there's more magic in the room I think in a smaller venue in a smaller with a smaller crowd and there's more focused energy in like a really 
really rewarding way. So yeah, this kind of oh, they've they've always been my favorite kind of gigs. And I'm guessing doing like however many gigs you're doing on the scooter tour all together is like a good learning curve for you as well like just yeah. in terms of like playing music every day and playing your own music yeah every day is going to stand to you as well totally yeah 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 i'm really looking forward to it how did you get into scooting scootering uh, <laughs> actually i was in college and i'd always kind of loved the idea of it and then my my mom was like if you move back home, I'll buy you a scooter. <laughs> oh, so it's blackmail. It was a bit of a blackmail. And I was like, I ain't no fool. Yeah. So that's what happened. I've spoiled Brad over here. But look, I mean, because I like living in Bray and commuting into like Dublin was not great. But then I had a scooter. So I was like, woo. Uh, but actually, it's, it's quite logistically uh, awkward having a scooter especially in Ireland because that's never the weather doesn't permit it very much so I think that that maybe also kind of spurred on the wanting to take it as far as I possibly could um you know like I'll take it on a journey all around the country and that'll warrant the fact that I have like this like scooter that costs a lot to run and <laughs> I have to bring it to the garage because the battery dies every time you don't start it for every few weeks do you know oh, that okay. kind of thing <laughs> It's the same scooter that your mum bought you, so? No, but that was my initial plan. That one is still downstairs. I uh, I had planned on doing it on that scooter. And then last year when I had already like promoted, I'd been all over the internet telling them about, I'm going all around the country and where should I come play? And I'd made the poster, tickets were selling wherever I was selling tickets. And then I brought my scooter to the garage to, for like a, a service to be like, you know, you better make sure it works. Make sure it works. And they were like, two separate garages were like, do not take this around the country. Do not, like this will. And I just didn't understand. And I was, I was like, no, I, you know, I thought that was kind of romantic. You know, like, oh, they said I couldn't do it on this old banger, but it's going to be great. What an experience. going to break down on the side of the road. Oh, it'll be so good. <laughs> and then as I was like driving home that evening from the garage, I, I like was like holding on for dear life and kind of thought I got spooked by any little wobble or bump in the road. So I was like... No, this is a really bad idea. So I, very last minute, I think I had like a week and a half before the tour started. And I was like gigging. I was busy gigging with Wallace at that time as well. So it's always like I'm trying to do too much. But um, I organized another scooter. Spent spent my savings on a, on a new scooter from Scooter Island. Thanks, Scooter Island. Uh, yeah. And now I have a gorgeous, basically brand new bike that I trust yeah. yeah, it'll do the job around Ireland yes. now for the next month. Yeah. No yeah. issues whatsoever. None at all. None <laughs> at all. Uh, did Wyvern Lingo ever talk about doing a scooter tour? Did no, you, they did, did not. Do the girls uh, scoot? They don't scoot, no. Uh, no, I think when, like, that's another thing of, like, when you have, you know, we had a full band, so and we needed sound engineers, and I'm kind of willfully doing it in a lo-fi, rinky-dinky kind of a way. Like, I've got a travel guitar and a travel amp, and I think... I hope people understand <laughs> that there's going to be, you know, what we what we lose in in audio quality, we make up for in charm. Uh, but for the Wyverlingo <laughs> gigs, you know, we were always aiming for like as good as it could sound, high quality, and it needs to be in a proper venue that has everything that we need and all that, you know. Um, I mean, in the earlier days, we would have kind of been a bit more like doing a little bit of busking or a little bit of like going over to I remember we went, we went over to Galway and stuck around between two festivals uh, uh, on either weekend and stuck around busking and doing odd gigs and stuff and I like I have very very fond memories of those kind of early days when there's a bit of an- anonymity and there's a bit of crack um and I think 
yeah, it's nice to be able to kind of recreate that a little bit for myself at the moment. I'd say busking in Galway is like the ultimate level of busking, isn't yeah. it? It's like there's so many acts like every 50 yards down Shop Street in Galway. You yeah, know? You got to stand out, make your mark. I know, I know, I know. I mean, it's just such a, it's, it's just because it's like, it's part of the crack. Like I've gone over there a couple of times with friends being like, oh, well, we go to Galway and we'll just, we'll make our drinking money busking and then <laughs> go have the crack. Like, you know, which is, I haven't done that in years now, but it's it was a really, really like fun element to the city. And I think uh, you just kind of have to try and scream the loudest so people <laughs> notice you. talk a little bit about wyvern lingo if you uh want to you went on hiatus last year didn't seem to be much of a reason for a hiatus that you put out there like was it just it felt like the right time or was there you all had your solo stuff that you wanted to try um it was kind of just coming naturally to be honest like we have been a band since we were teenagers and then all of us were kind of hitting 30 and kind of being like ugh. (laughs) just i think everybody wanted to do different things you know it's hard to align yourself with with people for this for so long and to want to want the same things and even like geographically I suppose um, you know Sersha moved down to Wexford Karen was living in Clontarf in Dublin and I was staying in Berlin um, and I think we just I think we just were ready to to do our own things I was kind of eager to do um, I was definitely eager to like start exploring my own thing solo solo music wise I was starting to write songs that I knew I wanted to finish not as not as a collaborative effort you know um, and I was kind of I, also just kind of itching to do this, the scooter tour and and just to, to kind of develop my own my own artistic style whatever that is we're still figuring it out but you know I feel like it, it just felt like the right time for all that and like the girls got engaged, you know. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> not to each other. Uh, and yeah, just it was kind of, I think it's just a good time for change for all of us, you know. I hear acts talk about, you know, being in a band and trying to, wanting to do their own stuff. I mean, Green Chatton from Fontaine's has just yeah. done that now as well and done mm-hmm. really, really well. What is it that 
you're looking for from your solo stuff that you don't think that you can get out of it collaboratively like if you were to take the songs to the band is it just they're more precious to you in a way or is there something else um i think it's just you know ivan lingo everything was a was a, a group a group effort and i think even as a trio we were really great at making space for each other because you know we would all share lead vocals and things like that you know our, our taste didn't always align so I'd say like my solo stuff I kind of knew where I wanted it to go and like they the girls would have heard those songs but they you know they 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 would have had things to say that they didn't like about them or that they you know we would have to make it sound like Wyvern Lingo a lot of work when it would go into that with a lot of our stuff it just specifically Wyvern Lingo was an outfit you know I didn't necessarily want it to be drums heavy I didn't want it to be harmony heavy you know all of these things were I just kind of wanted, I really quite like my own company, you know, like now I like live alone and <laughs> go on a solo tour and, you know, I I think I just kind of wanted to, I felt like I needed to explore that a little bit more. That didn't involve anyone else. I mean, I would like to maybe work with a band at some point and I do love collaborating with people, but I had never, never tried doing it alone and that's something that I just wanted to, I feel like is important for me right now. So with Wyvern Lingo, it's still very much a hiatus. Like you might get back together at some point, yeah. but you've all got your solo stuff. Like Karen's releasing her new yeah. EP next week. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we are um, we're actually doing a double headliner together uh, at the end of August or like August seventeenth in the Harbour Bar. Oh wow! So that's great. Really nice. Yeah. Try to get Serge to come up. See if we'll do a sneaky little oh. reunion. Whoa! Okay, so there's no gossip or anything that I need to dig on. I would love that. Like, no, it's so funny because Karen's releasing her EP next week, next Thursday, and I'm like starting my tour that day. And I was like, ah, Karen, <laughs> we're like bumping into each other. Someone sent me a photo. We're both playing in Frank's place is, a, is in Wexford town. And it's where Saoirse works and is putting on gigs. So she's booked us like a week in between each other. And there are both of our posters are on the door. And a friend of mine sent me a photo of the posters and just said, fight. And I was like, ah, lads. <laughs> it's just so funny. But I, uh, no, there's, there, unfortunately, no, we joked about making beef. And I'm kind of half tempted to be like, my arch nemesis is releasing her EP next week. But then I don't know if that would really go down <laughs> well. But we probably need to figure out some sort of like public feud that we could use to our advantage yeah is um, Saoirse making music she's putting on gigs anyway she's she's putting on gigs uh Saoirse has always wanted to like own her own, run her own business oh wow <laughs> <laughs> she was the business mind so behind Wyverlingo was she she is uh yeah I think she just she just would prefer to I uh, she I know she's making tunes but she's not as like um she's not as attention hungry as myself and Karen <laughs> I'd say so she's I know she's like working on stuff kind of quietly but uh yeah, that's I, I, I think Karen and I are the ones who are like, I'm going to be the lead singer. <laughs> I'm putting <out> music. <laughs> um, so, so this solo thing kind of happened naturally. It was just like yeah. you wanted to do your own thing. And now, oh, it's I've finally not got anything on for a while. This is kind me doing of thing. my own thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, even in Wyvern Lingo, um, I was playing the drums for, for as like the main thing for so long and then at some point I started playing the guitar trying to come out from behind the kit a little bit and then I started just being offered gigs um, which was really cool like doing little sports slots or you know that sort of thing uh, so I I never would have thought that I would have been playing guitar and singing as a solo career certainly if you told me that five years ago I would have been very surprised to hear that because I'm kind of my I've come into playing guitar in a very like 
feral way very just like yeah yeah I'm writing a song and I have no idea what my hands are doing and you know like I, I don't know what this any of this means uh, you play you sang in Wyvern Lingo did you not play guitar in Wyvern Lingo only like towards the end oh, okay. only like yeah like well like you know as a, like in the last like four or five years but as soon as I started to visibly be playing the guitar for like acoustic sessions or whatever then I started being asked to do solo shows at little things you know and they, so I feel like in that way it's kind of grown organically even like recording my my EP I did it up in Hellfire with um, Joe McGrath and he had just come along to a show that I was playing sport for and he was like if you ever wanted to record solo stuff I would love to do it and we can worry about money later but I just think that it'd be it'd be really great and so I still have this like I still feel like very like nurtured and encouraged by that studio you know which is like a really like charmed position to be in and I'm super grateful because I wouldn't have I feel like if I didn't get nudges from people to be like no we like you should do this I think this would be great uh I probably wouldn't have had the confidence to to actually pursue it or have any sort of like not not I wouldn't see it as important um whereas I think I've needed like kind of people around me to to encourage me to do it you know so yeah I've been very lucky in that way and that's important for you now as well I'm guessing even though it's solo like it's never really properly 100% solo is it it's always like you've got mates telling you what they think totally of the songs yeah and yeah stuff yeah like, that. like my um to be honest my, my partner is a, a huge uh a huge supporter and like if he's if he's approving of what's happening then I'm like delighted with that but I absolutely need people to be like what do you think of this because it's tough you know and things start to lose all meaning when you're just talking to yourself the whole time uh so yeah I definitely need opinions <laughs> is that helpful. what it's going to be on the on the scooter tour are you just talking to yourself the whole basically, time? basically as I say I live alone so I like have to like remind myself not to talk to myself when there's people <laughs> around <laughs> um so sound wise how did you like develop the solo project was it just something like you you played some support slots and stuff like that and eventually just build up the confidence to go in and do the ep i think yeah i i I was thinking about this recently i i I guess i am maybe because i started playing guitar on stage at wyvern lingo for for bits of the set like maybe around the middle we'd have like a quiet moment and i realized that those those are my favorite parts of the gig and I feel like those are the, even when I watch a gig, when there's that moment of of intimacy where a lot of the sound is stripped back, that can be like the most, I don't know, you just like whip up the, whip up the energy in the most satisfying way there. It just feels the most cathartic, I suppose, but just, it just feels like a real magic when you can tell that all the energy is really focused. And so I think I wanted to create that sound and I'm also like a huge Jeff Buckley fan. And I love his live demos or his live recordings, you know, the Sinead album. Um, I just think, I just think they're timeless as well because in a day, in, in, in this day and age where there's so much access to to recording software and you can record things at home and it's really easy to get like trigger happy with layering up sounds and like at some point we were using tracks and stuff on stage um, that I think some things start to age a little bit, like the sounds of things that sound cutting edge at a certain time. For me, I certainly like, I kind of have to like cater to my own tastes with this, that I stop, I I, kind of grow out of certain songs or certain sounds. Whereas uh, I discovered there's music that that feels timeless for me that I could listen to all the time. And that was, yeah, Jeff Buckley live demos or, 
even like some Nico recordings or like, you know, Nick Drake or all that stuff where it's like, this just feels like it could last forever. So I wanted to make music that felt like that. Wow, going for the, the heavyweights. Yeah, the, but the you know what it is? Stuff, yeah. Not to like, it's more just the sound and the 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 kind of the elements and keeping the elements really stripped back uh, was really important for me for the first EP. The, the, I just released a single, Treehouse, which where I started to kind of push the push the layers a bit more, but still keeping it about like guitar, strings, and vocals. I don't want to limit myself in the future, but I I just feel like it's really important for me to kind of not keep all options open, or I just might go insane. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I I not that I'm laughing at like when you mentioned those names, but like I talked to Keelan Sherlock, you know, down in Cork, he mm. runs Quarter, and he put out a great solo album earlier this year. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying like. If you're not trying to be the best, if you're not trying to like be Bob Dylan or something like that, yeah. you know, then like why aren't you? So it's good to like have those big names totally. in mind when you're doing your songwriting or stuff like that. Is is it in terms of songwriting that you're thinking about them as well, or is it just in terms of like the they're not going for you know the for no, any it, tricks or anything? No, like you're that. right. That's actually, I mean. It's, I, I would never say something so bold, but like that, I, I, I really agree with, with that sentiment. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to kind of see yourself among, among those people or try to or aim for that or strive for that, you know? Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I, I guess in all elements, I'm constantly thinking about it and constantly trying to improve my, craft I get the craft of songwriting to the best of my ability like I'm writing all the time I'm always trying to listen to as much music as I can and um as much as I love I love playing drums with people I feel like that element of myself gets left behind because there's no time to write it's really hard you have to be part of this machine and so in the same way that I needed space for my lingo it's it's kind of because I need to like I need to I need to feel like what I'm doing is important and I need to I need to treat it like like any sort of art practice where I'm like getting completely absorbed in it and and trying to make it the best that it can be and even if you know I some of, I mean I think my approach to a lot of like songwriting subjects is from a kind of a a kind of a, I said it said before a kind of browbeaten point of view or a bit like a bit defeatist a little bit and maybe a bit sarcastic sometimes but I feel like that's you know that's kind of uniquely my point of view at the same time and that if that resonates with people brilliant you know um and even if it's such a small audience like you know there's like a very small amazing hand f- handful of people that tell me that they love songs from my first ep and like that's that means the world to me do you know so it's yeah i feel, I feel like I, I it's important to me to make the best that i can make whether that ends up like being part of the greats i i i i doubt that but that's what one has to yeah, one has to aim for that, really. Yeah, Treehouse does sound like a great single. Sense super summery as I was walking nice. here today. It's like, ah, oh, this is the perfect soundtrack. Tell me about where that song came from because it's quite heavy lyrically, yeah. isn't it? It's about yeah. uh, the homeless crisis in a way. Yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely about the housing crisis. Funnily enough, I started to write that song up on Brayhead, which we can almost see from from where we're sitting right now. Yeah, it's it's very much about feeling like you're stuck. And you're kind of running on the spot uh, in your own life, but there's but there's there's kind of nothing to be done about that. 
it feels like there's nothing to be done about that. That's that again. This is my like, nothing's going to happen. You know, because I think you know, there's all this talk of the housing crisis and kind of like public outrage and and all of that. But but then on a very personal level, like it it knocks your confidence. You feel like, what is my life? What what am I actually? You know, like on an emotional level, it's like it's quite difficult. Like, am I ever going to be able to? really afford a house am I really going to be able to have a child support for those should I have a child like what kind of a world are we leaving behind you know it's it feels like like one of the lyrics is a bit is a bit harsh <laughs> like uh looking out upon creation feels more like an infestation like it feels like it feels like humans don't know how to exist on planet earth without destroying it like we are just a, like a disease on the planet and it's just getting it feels like it's getting out of hand and we like until we wipe ourselves out. <laughs> it's a bit harsh, but it's like something has got to give, you know. I know we all know that, but but on a very personal level, it's hard not to be a bit defeated by that and feel a bit like, you know, I just want to, can't I just run away and just live in a tree, you know? <laughs> like, do I have to take part in all this, you know? Um, so it's kind of trying to trying to run away to like kind of a sanctuary in your own mind, but then also like, could I just do that though? You know. Was this recorded as part of the EP sessions up at Fire uh... Hellfire? Uh, no, this was actually recorded. I've had this song has been kind of knocking around in my head for like since Wyvern Lingo days. It was actually a kind of um, it was one of the one of the Wyvern Lingo songs that we didn't all agree on. Oh. So that can be also an element, but it's you know some of the songs stick around. In, in my head that I'm like no I feel like that's a good one and I feel like now is the time to, to release that one and um, is it is it that like you all have a veto sort of thing over a song it's just like no it's not for it's not just for that it. no it's not necessarily because it, I would never want to force a song that the girls didn't vibe with because I'm like okay well then this is just not the right place for this song you know and I equally like I don't you know you want to you want to show a song to your potential collaborators and for them to go deadly and when they don't, they don't see the potential in it. And it's not necessarily that, that was the way, but it was like, it just, you know, we did a bit of work on it, but then it just, it just didn't make the final, it just didn't vibe with everybody. You know, I can't even remember who, and I'm sure if Karen were here, she'd be like, why she love that song? <laughs> <laughs> What's she talking about? Do you know what I mean? But it's just, uh, it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen that way. And sometimes those songs just kind of like fall off a cliff and like, oh, see you later. But sometimes like that, that song for me kind of stuck in my, in my mind and then it felt like okay this is a me song i think that then maybe over the years it starts to feel like i have a i have a sound that i need to pursue you know also leads to wanting to do the solo thing yeah it felt like it felt like the right time to to do that but i was in berlin at the time and and uh ended up working with this this great engineer jonathan uh uh writer and finished it off in hellfire studios and it just felt like felt like the right time mm. it's like a sad summary bop <laughs> about having kind of existential crisis in in but like in the shadow of the housing crisis that feels like it's out of your control you know are you living in berlin yeah at the moment i am kind yeah. of a housing crisis on there is all there the is moment, yeah 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 i see uh, friends who have moved over who are looking for accommodation the ongoing there. search for for yeah, the like everybody's Instagram story is this lovely couple's yeah. looking for a place, this person's yeah. looking for a place. It's like yeah, it's 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 affecting everywhere. Nowhere seems to be immune. And it's just it's just terribly upsetting. It's really, really hard. Now I've I've got a 
a pretty good situation at the moment because I made friends, I knew people, you know, I've got in on an old contract that, and the, the renters' rights are far better in Berlin than they are in Ireland. So it's much more normal to, to rent and to live in Berlin that way, not, not own a property. So I'm kind of kind of in a lucky enough position but it's kind of bittersweet because as much as like I'm making the most of it and I love I love Berlin it's an excellent city and it's a great place to be as an artist it's still relatively affordable even though I know a lot of Berliners would give out to me for saying that but it is compared to Ireland and it's very normal to be a creative to be a musician and my my rehearsal room is on a boat Oh wow! You know, there's just all these like they're very serious <laughs> about fun, which I love because it's as I said, like same with the scooter. It's it's logistically challenging to be whimsical. You know, you have to really like put the work in, but it's 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 a lot of fun, and I think it's worth it. <laughs> I like my life to be as kind of cartoonish as possible. <laughs> um, but you know, my 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 partner lives here, my family, my brother, and his, all his young kids are here, and and. I'd love to be doing what I'm doing in Berlin in, in Ireland, you know, close to my loved ones. So uh, Trias is about that as well, you know, and it's, it's, it's just kind of, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, pr- I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate. But it's, but it's tinged with a bit of sadness, you know, mm. but it's all good. I could, could be, it could be far, far worse. You're heading back to Berlin, I presume, like after the summer. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll have stuck out the horrible winter and missed all of the summer and going back again for the winter. Great. And is Treehouse the start of an album? Have you thought that far ahead or are you just taking it song by song? I have been thinking album, but I think when I do the album, I want to do it in a studio with a band and for it all to feel like a big live cohesive thing. I just need to finish the songs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I'll, I'll re- probably record that up in Hellfire this winter that's that's the dream that's, oh great that's, or that's the goal that's the goal yeah. great and so that's this winter dare I ask what else have you got planned for the rest of the year once the scooter tour comes to an end is it like the 23rd of August or something like that it's that's the it ends on the 18th of August 18th in Fumbly in Dublin and then I'll, I have a gig the following week in, in Germany with Wallace and oh, so that's a good reason to go back to, mm, to Germany. Yes. Yes, that's, yeah. you, you can't just stick around here. You're no, like, no, I've got to go back. There's no time. There's <laughs> no time. I will be back again. I'm playing drums for my friend uh, Stevie Appleby. He's recording his album. Oh, great. So we'll be doing that. And then, yeah, no, I, I, I just just kind of um, squirreling away all my stuff, trying to say no for the winter. <laughs> and we'll try again with that resolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, no, just trying to, really trying to write and record. That's really, that's really what I want to do. Because next year, I'd love to drive the scooter from Ireland to Berlin and do that tour and take my time with it. And ideally, I'd love to be, like, starting to release uh, album stuff then. I don't want to rush anything because uh, album obviously lasts forever and I ne- it needs to be unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, but that's, like, that's what I'm aiming for. Great. And I've been spending a lot of the year writing, so I think I do have a lot of, a lot of uh, material there. I just need to make make sense of all those random little voice notes and scraps and stuff. Mm, just you take know. the time once you get back to Berlin to put it all together. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the continent was al- is always being kind to Wyvernlingo. You did loads of shows in yeah. Germany and Netherlands and th- those kind of areas, and it seems like it's always a fruitful circuit for like Irish trad and folk acts. True. Uh, as yeah. Well. So it's great to hear that like 
that's the plan that you know you're not just limiting yourself to like the Irish circuit that you are thinking literally further afield yeah 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 totally I mean to be honest like Berlin is a great spot but I still haven't even tried to crack it you know I kind of just quietly doing my doing my work and my songwriting and my practice there but I I haven't done any sort of I've done a couple of shows but only part of other things you know I, I'd love to I'd love to properly crack that and it was great with with Wyvern Lingo I think that's what introduced us to Berlin because we all moved over there together initially and we recorded our second album there um and then yeah it was just kind of from getting getting to tour around Germany a little bit which is I mean I know I know bands that that's all they do they just live off the tours that they do around Germany because there's so many amazing cities around the country that you can do that you know so many acts you hear are just like they're real big in Germany and they can just make it work that way yeah you know which is deadly so that's I mean you know it's it's probably also a pretty good goal to to aim for cool well thanks for the chats hopefully we'll chat once you release the album once you've started saying no to more things as well and you'll get it done but for now thanks a million for taking the time to chat in the sunshine in the shade thanks so much for having me to race around